Glory be to God. We have a message again today, and the title of it is Still Yourself in Faith. Still Yourself, Still Yourself in Faith. The Lord um, spoke it to me actually this morning as I was quiet and um, waiting on the lead as for this morning, of course. And um, it kind of broke it down from, I started by talking about quieting oneself down, quieting oneself down. But in the quietness of our soul, in, in, in the peace that we practice on a daily basis, we hear his voice. And when we're disturbed, disquieted within us, then it's very hard to hear his voice. And so in order to hear his voice, we know that what we've been talking about is the rest of faith. We have been speaking about the assurance of the word of God and that that when we have this strong persuasion of the word of God, to walk out the word of God, to be doers of the word, that which we call faith, this divine expression of confidence in the word of God. Faith comes through the hearing of the voice of God, right? Faith comes through the hearing and the hearing of the word of God. And so in order for us to enter into the rest of God, in order for us to be able to discern the voice of God in the midst of a multitude of voices, we have to learn and practice the stilling of oneself, the stilling of my mind. And, and really where that comes from is a practice of applying the word of God in your life. That without reading your Bible and allowing the Holy Spirit to communicate confidence in the Bible, when you read the word with an open heart, and um, you do not have a but and an if in your mind against the word of God. You don't use your natural and personal experiences to negate the word of God, but you take the word as truth. You, you take the word as what it is, the word of God. You're opening your heart now to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and this word has inherent power. Why? Because it is a sword, a double-edged sword to to extinguish every fiery dart of the enemy. That's what the shield of faith is. And so the importance of learning to be still by allowing the word to communicate to us, by allowing the word of God to speak to us, which is the hearing of the voice of God. And so he he broke it down. Still yourself, quieten yourself, and then he actually used a title that I, he had given me, I believe it was two weeks ago on a podcast, and it was called Find Yourself in the Chapter of Faith. I might be paraphrasing it, but it was regarding situating ourselves in Hebrews chapter 11. Find yourself in the chapter of faith. Locate yourself in faith. And so he put the two together quieten yourself and then find yourself in the chapter of faith. And thus then he gave me a clear title, still yourself in faith. That if we're not in faith, if we're not believing God, if we are troubled in our mind, 
There's no stillness. And the trouble of our mind comes from an unpersuaded heart. A heart that does not trust the Bible. An unpersuaded by the word of God heart looks like a troubled heart. Looks like an anxious mind. And so living a life today on earth can be, if we do survey circumstance, but really not just today, any, any given moment. Jesus talks about that this world is filled with trouble. So even if you lived a century ago, same thing. But especially in this hour, in this end hour, where we are located on the calendar of God, and on his calendar is only triumph. But the triumph of God is found where? In the faith of God. Because what has overcome the world? What does John write in his first epistle in, in, in 1 John? What has overcome the world that is filled with trouble? Even our faith, right? Even our faith, our faith. This persuasion of the word of God that is based on what? The solid foundation of the word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is how we started back beginning of September. We started looking at Jesus specifically being the word of God. From, from John chapter 1 and from the book of Revelation chapter 19. That Jesus is the word of God. That Jesus came. And he dwelt among us. The word came and put on flesh and dwelt among us. And so we have been bridging the gap in our understanding for the last really two months, pretty much. Almost. All of September, yeah, all of October. Bridging the gap that Jesus is somewhere over there. Um, he walked earth like over 2000 years ago and he wore those long ropes and he was always found in the multitudes and many wanted to hear his saying and, and the Pharisees did not like him. And we can tell some of the stories of blind Bertramel's crying out, son of David, oh, son of David, have mercy on me. Word of God. Have mercy on me. And he, Paul calls our heavenly father, the father of mercies, because his word, our Jesus, is full of mercy. And so today we say, Son of David, thank you for your mercy. This word persuasion that God so loved us that he sent his word and healed us, the psalmist writes. That he sent his word and healed us. That he sent his word, Jesus, because he so loved us. And so we have been for two months um, working really on our understanding, allowing the Holy Spirit to, to, to bring a oneness, a oneness that him and his word are one, 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 one. And I'm found in him. Born of this word. Born through his resurrection. 
And a lot of these moments are really meditative moments. And so this message comes on, 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 on a, on a chunk of a volume of utterance. And he narrowed it to still yourself in faith. And for those who would have listened to the other prior messages, you have a clear understanding because we looked at the rest of faith, the Sabbath day rest that we now have in Christ, that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. And he is, the word now is my rest. And so let's start with Psalm 46. I believe there is not a single Christian store out there uh, and not very many churches that would not have this verse in some sort of a quotation, some sort of a plaque, some sort of a, a, a writing somewhere, or, or maybe you carry it in your purse as a little card, or maybe you have it on your wall, and it's really verse 10. Be still. Be still. And know, and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. The title he gave me, Still Yourself in Faith, which is really, really, the expression can be found in Psalm 46, verse 10. And, and take note, this is verse 10. So we have nine verses prior to verse 10. And if you look at the nine verses prior to verse 10, you could see there was some chaos going on or potential chaos or mention of a chaos that we know chaos doesn't do very well with our soul of the unrenewed mind. That anytime there are scales externally, such as, let's see, let's see. Verse 1, trouble, okay? Verse 2, the earth be removed, the mountains be carried into the midst of sea. Verse 3, the waters roaring and be troubled, the mountains shaking with its swelling. Ah. Verse 4, Talks about there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, a holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. What now he's bringing to the Christ really dwells within me, that no matter the circumstances are going on on the outside, there is a tabernacle of God. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit, and he now dwells within me, and I can now start identifying that I am that river. I am the one that pleases him. Why? Because faith pleases him. And so when I find myself living mindful that I'm a tabernacle of God, I have stilled myself and have entered into his rest. Verse 6, the nations rage, but actually verse 5, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just as at the break of dawn. So you have to go through the midnight hour to come to the break of dawn, right? So just because you're seeing some trouble, fear not. It will run its course. It will come to naught. The break of dawn is right here, right now. The Lord Jesus Christ, the morning star, 
that is broken through this mighty revelation of life within me. That I'm a tabernacle of God and he is my very present help in time of trouble because he now lives in me. And so, verse 6, the nations raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. His voice melts the earth. His voice flips the nations upside down. He brings one up and brings another down. Who is our God? Who is the living God? Why fear a mere natural moment when God, the almighty God, lives in you? That's how you still yourself. You come to these verses. You come to the word of God and you enter the rest that the word provides. What is that rest? Faith. Faith is a confidence of those things you hope for. It's an assurance. It's a sassiness. I like that word. It's a sauciness. In the midst of the trouble of the world, you're not troubled because you know the one that's troubling you, your father God will trouble in return. You don't need to trouble them back. It will be before too long. At the break of, what is it here? Dawn. God comes through for me all the time. Always. Without fail. Because why? We live in the love of God. We are found in Him. Who is He? Love. Does love fail? Never. Never. So you see, even just what I said, I go from one verse to another and I situate myself and I assure myself of nothing but victory. This is how you walk it out. You bring to remembrance with the help of the Holy Ghost whose you are, who he is in you. It's not just a religious saying, know who you are. You better know who you are. I know who I am. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has brought this knowledge forth. And that's why if you go back to 10, it's be still and know. It's in the knowing of who he is that stillness come. Because that stillness comes because faith is that stillness. Faith is our rest. Faith is our assurance of having overcome all because we're born of God. And faith comes through the knowing of the word of God, right? Faith comes through the this divine utterance of his spirit. And he finishes off that, I'll be exalted among the nations and I'll be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And here he gives examples of his mighty strength. Verse 7 is really what I just read in verse 11. I'll read it though. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And this, this is our God's credentials. This is God's credentials. Come behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. Why fear the rumor of war when you know who your God is? He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He knows how to flex his muscles. He's strong. He is mighty strong on your behalf today. 
He burns the chariot in fire. And then be still and know that I am God. Now just look at the word be still in the Strong's Concordance. And it's the Hebrew 7503. And it, it is to sink. It's almost like sinking in that most comfortable chair. You, you situate yourself in that seat of Christ that you're placed in today. That is far above all the trouble of the world. Far above the powers that are so pompous and the principality that are so deceived. They live in pitch blackness. There's no light of revelation in them. The word talks about angels wanting to glean into what we, the body of Christ, gleans into. That the angels are waiting for the word that the body of Christ would release in this hour of the plans of God that we, the body of Christ, have been privy. So situate yourself in that which you have, in that provision of Christ, the hope of glory within you. Situate yourself in that most high heavenly place that you are of God now. That where he is, you are. It's to sink, to relax, to relax. Let drop, drop, drop the trouble. Drop the anxious mind. Figure, figure, figure. Oh, the wheel's going, going, going. How can I make more money? How can I get out of there? How can I, how can I? You can't. Without revelation, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Everything's stacked against in the natural to make it look like it's impassable, but it's a mirage. Walk, walk past it. Walk through it. Keep walking and you will come on the other side and you wouldn't even smell of smoke. How'd you come out of debt? How'd you come out of trouble? I, I, I don't know. God did it. God did it. God did it. <laughs> My son has this song. I'm giving a shout out to, to, to Zante. <laughs> oh, my, um, that my son listens to and, and all the kids here, but um, including mom and dad. God taught me. God taught me. God taught me. How did you overcome it? God taught me. How did you do it? God did it. How comes you're not troubled? God taught me. That's the part and know that I am God. God taught me. No longer I, but it's a Christ might of power, divine, pure wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom lives in you. That's why faith has already overcome the world because this divine wisdom is far above the earthly knowledge. So you can drop it. You can drop the trouble. You can drop the care because you're choosing to situate yourself in that seat of Christ. You're choosing to relax, to like, to, to just, to just, just, just even out the brows. That's the one thing I do when I find myself wanting to get stressed out. I just relax the brows and I smile. That helps me. And I bring to recollection what he has spoken to me through his word. The next word is, and no, be still, relax, 
and know that I am God. And I wanted to look at this word know. It is, of course, to know, but it's to learn to know. Learn to know. We know, like in the natural, you go to school to learn to know how to do math. You learn to, to know how to do chemistry. You learn to know physics. How much more we're to learn to know the word of God. And when you learn to know the word of God, what happens? The byproduct of that knowledge is what? The rest of faith. It pays big dividends. Called rest. Who doesn't want rest to their souls? Who doesn't want this place of the relaxation of your mind where it's nothing but trusting God? And you think of examples of old. I think of John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth and Catherine Kuma that walked and walked in this divine revelation, that walked in the power demonstration of the Holy Spirit. I had to learn. As we have to learn to know him. So we can be in this place of stillness. So that we can get to know him better. Because when we still ourselves, we hear his voice. It's in the quietness of our soul. Faith looks like bringing every argument that wants to steal peace from you down. Faith looks like dropping the care. Faith looks like refusing to be upset when all of you is triggered. Faith looks like a smile in the midst of great trouble. So it, I love this. I just looked it up and know that I'm God. Learn to know that he is your God. Learn to know that he is your God and that he will be exalted and he is being exalted right now, right now among the nations and he is being exalted in the earth right now. He is with us. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Who is the God of Jacob? Bring to remembrance what God did for Jacob. A deceiver, a conniver, a trickster. That God renamed into Israel. He became his Israel. Oh my, my. Well, we are now God's kids. We're bone of his bone. And what is it? Of his blood, of his flesh we partake. We are of him now. We are his now. He is our God. Let's go to that was supposed to be just one minute. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So we'll maybe have a few sessions on this, on this thought of stealing yourself in faith. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Cause that was the other thing he connected to me with the stillness is to find ourselves in, in the faith chapter, which of course is Hebrews chapter 11. Great hour. We're living in the greatest of the greatest of all. The greatest of the most great of all greatest hours. Ah, ah, ah. The greatest of the greatest hour. The greatest. If there was a great hour, we're living in a more greater than that hour. That's what God's saying. 
He is supercharged, super excited. He is so excited. I always marvel how unmoved God is. You know why? Because he is a God of faith. He believes what he says. This is who he is. Solid. Unchangeable. He's had to swear by himself. By these two immutable things, the oath, the promise and the oath. That we are to know. He'll never shift his position. He'll never change his mind. Where you are concerned. Or where I am concerned. Or where the plan of God's concerned. For the universe. That he will be exalted among the nations. That he will be exalted in the earth. Let's find Hebrews. Hebrews. Going towards the end. <sighs> it's good. It's good to be alive. Passion is living life. Let's, let's read again Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance, and I, I believe in the New Living translation that is, now faith is confidence, is it? My son has, I have it here too. I was just reading it this morning in the New Living, and I liked how it sounded. Faith, that's right, faith is the confidence. Faith is confidence. Think about a moment where you felt assured. That was the moment you were most confident. Think about a moment where you're, you, you knew you walked confidently. Well, that was the moment when you were assured of something. Well, faith is an assurance that the word of God is true. Faith is a confidence that what you believe is true. Have confidence in the word of God. Have assurance in the word of God. Have faith. That's what faith is. It's confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. What would it look like if we believers actually believe that? Oh, what a glorious hour. And we are, and we are, we believers, we the ones that believe the word of God have a confidence that that which we hope that is birth of the word of God, this living hope that we have in Christ, it will be exactly as he has spoken it to be. Just like Abraham and Sarah had to believe that. There was going to be exactly, and so did Apostle Paul, exactly as what God has spoken to them. Jesus had to believe that. He came to do the will of God. You can't do the will of God without knowing what his will is. And don't say you don't know the will of God. It's right here in your lap. It's in your hand. It's the word of God. He came, Jesus came to do the will of God. Who was Jesus? The word of God. So why can we say the will of God is done by the word of God? See, when you start breaking it down, that Jesus is the word of God, and Jesus came in, in Hebrews, actually, and talks about coming to do the will of God. The word of God does the will of God. So next time your carnal mind starts hyperacting, getting hyperactive in there, like, I don't know what his will is, what's his will, his will, I don't know, I'm missing, no, you're not missing God. As long as you are abiding in the scriptures, as long as you're reading the word, you not miss God. The Holy Ghost will guide you. 
And even if you have missed God, get back in the words. He'll guide you. You have a guide. You have a God today. You're his tabernacle. He lives in you today. Glory be to God. And so let's finish the new living here in verse 1. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. It gives us assurance. How good it is to have an assurance. Gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And through faith, we know the elders obtained a good report. So the new King James, of course, is faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by the elders obtained a good report. So let's start breaking it down. Let's go to verse 4 here. So faith, we know, is of God. Faith is of the Word of God. Faith is birthed through the Word of God. And so without the Word of God, we cannot walk out faith. The just shall live by faith means that we have to be found abiding in the word of God. And that's what Jesus said, that we will bear no fruit for his kingdom. We'll bear no fruit for his kingdom unless we abide in the word. Unless we abide in the word. And so the only bearing of fruit, or can we say of the word producing through us, expressing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The gentleness of God towards another, the kindness of God towards another, me reigning in my flesh in that gift of self-control and allowing, allowing my life to be a blessing to another. That cannot be if we're not situated in the Word. And so, in order for us to walk in the Spirit, we have to be abiding in the Word. And when we walk in the Spirit, when we abide in the Word of God, we know we will not, Paul tells us, fulfill the lust of flesh. So how do you escape temptation? How do you escape the lust of your flesh? By walking in the Spirit which looks like abiding in the Word of God. It's very simple. It is very simple. But somehow, we've heard so many messages of number one thing you have to do, number two thing you have to do, and by the time you come to number three, you realize you mess up on the number one, so you have to go back to step number one. And then you realize, yeah, I'm messing it up again. There's only one thing. What did Jesus tell Martha and Mary when um, Martha was busy, 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 and Mary was sitting at his feet, by his feet? He said, there's one, one thing is required, one thing. What is that one thing? To hear him, to be found in his word, to be found cleaving to the word of God. And from this one thing now, we are becoming living epistles for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the word that we are reading can be read through us, right? So by faith, Abel. So the first example that God is going to show us here is the example of Abel. 
the example of Abel, which is a very neat thing. God showed me his thought process here in writing Hebrews. He started verse 4 with Abel, not just because Abel was the one of the first ones, right? He was a son of Adam and Eve. But the way God instituted this word and the account of the word was very purposeful because it had to communicate to us now in Christ the number one thing. The number one thing is that you reckon yourself dead. And from this position of realizing that the lust of the world has no longer a pull on you, because we looked last week in Galatians 6, that through the cross of Christ that we boast in, the world's been crucified to us and us to the world, that only then are we a benefit to God. Because we have stepped into our brand new identity of new creation. So it's no longer I, Desi, of the old man, born of flesh and blood, but it's me now, the brand new creation, born from the will of God. Born of God. And in the old man, I serve sin, but in my new nature, I serve God. And so Jesus came to give us this authority and dominion to walk it out in the spirit to walk out this new creation of divine life that we have inside of us. And so let's see what he talks about Abel here. And then we'll look at John chapter 11. We'll see how far we can get. I hope to get to, to verse 5 as well in Hebrews 11. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Though in Cain, we know what became a murderer, right? Became a murderer of his brother, though through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. So by offering this one excellent sacrifice to God, Abel obtained witness that he was righteous. Well, we know this was offered by faith because we already know it's by faith. Verse 4 starts with it. Together with, we know that the only way you can obtain a good witness with God and please God is what we just read in, actually, yeah, we read in verse 2. It is by faith, right? The elders obtained a good testimony. So, so it's, 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 it's sandwich. It's by faith. It starts by faith. It finishes by faith and it's all of faith. The only thing that can ever please God it is faith. It's you believing God. Stop trying to earn your salvation. Stop trying to please God by being a good little person. Stop it. Stop, stop trying to figure out how you can please someone else better to show them Jesus. Just, just believe God. God knows how, God knows how to show himself strong through you to another. How? By you coming into this divine rest. You've ceased from your labor. You've ceased from trying to please someone all the time and never pleasing anyone. And always being displeased with yourself. Oh! Uh, ah, uh, no. No, no to that confusion. We've been redeemed. 
So our only standing is the standing that we have in the word of God. Before God, the only good witness that we can have with God is us believing his word. It's allowing the word to persuade us so that now we are moved into this divine action of the word, being a doer of the word. That's why faith without action is dead, but it's the action of the Holy Spirit. And a few weeks ago, we looked at that, the book of James. Not a religious doing of something because you got to do it. It is an inward propelling motion of a persuasion. That is of the Holy Spirit. A movement just, just as Jesus. What did Jesus say? It's the Father in me. He does the works. If you see me, you see the Father. Okay. Okay. Let's focus. Refocus back here to verse 4. So Abel, because of this more excellent sacrifice, he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. God giving testimony of the sacrifice. This most excellent sacrifice of Abel. God is testifying of it. And, and through it, he being dead, he Abel being dead still speaks. Though dead, still speaks. Why? Because of a sacrifice, right? Let's go to John 11. What are we supposed to be? Romans 12, 1. A living sacrifice. We are to be a living sacrifice. What does that look like? You take your carnal mind and you shut it down. You don't go and, 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 uh, uh, beat yourself over the head 20 times and now you're living sacri sacrifice. You don't put yourself in an abusive situation of, oh, someone deriding you for the, you know, just, just, just putting you down. Now you're living sacrifice. You're putting up with abuse. No. It is you submitting your carnal mind. The most vile thing about flesh is the carnal mind. In Romans 8, Paul writes that it opposes the Spirit of God. It's an affront to the Word of God. It's a denial of truth. It's through the carnal mind that we practice the traditions of men that bring the Word of God to no effectiveness in one's life. So let's see John 11. John 11, 25. I even had a ribbon there. And this is the rising of, of Lazarus. Let's see. Well, let's, let's, uh, what I'll do is I'll go to five next, ver uh, next week because I'm not going to rush verse four right now. I'll just take a couple of minutes to read in John 11 the context of it because I want to build up this case of a living sacrifice. That the only way we can be a living sacrifice is what did I say? Is you bring down this carnal mind. You allow the word to have preeminence, right? Because the, it is through the renewing of the mind in the context of Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It's through the renewing of the mind. That is how we are a living sacrifice. Because it's no longer my thoughts, but it's God's thoughts that are ruling my life. It's no longer my life 
of the carnal nature that's dominating me, but it's Christ's life that is pure dominion on earth that is moving me and shaping my life to reflect a greater glory of my Savior. And so here we see that the way we, we enter into this rest, it is through faith, right? It is through an utterance of God because faith comes through the word of God. And so we're going to see here that Martha failed to still herself and enter into the rest that the word was providing for her. In this case, it was in the passing of her brother. So Jesus said to her, okay, well, here she's got an issue with God. She's got an issue with Jesus. Verse 20. Now, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now, Martha said to Jesus, so here we, we, we just like to accuse God because it's always God's fault in our carnal mind, that is. Lord, if you, if you had done something sooner for me, I wouldn't be in this mess. You see, God, you delayed. And so I had to figure it out just as the same thing Saul said. That's what cost him the kingship. He didn't want to tarry for the prophet. He had to do it. Pressures of life. Don't bow to the pressure of life. Don't bow your knee to an idol called the pressure of life or the demand of another, someone else's flesh. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that, now we're going to do lip service. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. So now she's going to qualify what the word of God means. This is reason. I actually just taught uh, my dominion talk was on reason not, but believe God. So she she's reasoning. Martha said, I know he will rise again uh, in the resurrection of the last day. But his wisdom always. Oh, I love the wisdom of God that he'll use our low moments of carnal thought and just swing it up to the highest place. Look how he does it here. Jesus said to her, I am, you say resurrection, Martha? I am the resurrection. He's still working for her to enter into rest because he knows she didn't believe what he just said in 23, that your brother will rise again. So he said, I am the resurrection. So whatever you want to use against God, can, can, God can work with it. God would work with whatever you give him, but you have to have a heart that's open to him, a heart of belief. So Jesus, I am the resurrection and the life. And this is going to tie us into what we just read in Hebrews 11, 4, that Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice and through that sacrifice he obtained a good witness with God that even to this day, which we know it's written, we're talking about Abel, God is still speaking of that living sacrifice. That though Abel is dead, he still speaks. Well, that is a reflection of us in the body of Christ. We have to die to the old man so we can speak for God. And that only happens by faith and through faith. And this is what Jesus says. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, he who believes in me, though he may die as did Abel, he shall live and speak. Because when you live, you speak. We are a living spirit. We are a speaking spirit. 
We are now, God says, calls us Paul in the Corinthians, right? A life-giving spirit. How do we impart life? Through words of life. How did Jesus impart life? He said life was found in his words. He is the life. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the living bread. That when we partake, we never die. He said in John 6, if you eat, if you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you never perish. So he says, he who believes me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this today? Do you believe this today? Martha struggled with it. But you know, God is so good. Son of David had mercy on me. Her brother got raised again. Because God is love. God will meet you where you're at today. And he will escort you out of it into a glorious place called faith. Which is a place of you stealing yourself and believing his truth. And we'll continue from here next week. Amen. We're done. We're done.